Okay, well, greetings. Happy that all of you were able to tune in. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And again, on this beautiful spring day, we're happy that you tuned in. My name is John Murtha, and I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. David, hey, John. Great. great to be here with you today. Yeah, finally, winter seems to be going. Yeah. COVID seems to be diminishing, mm -hmm. and uh, spring training has started for yes. the Cleveland Indians. So things are going <laughs> in the right direction. They are. So um, the last couple of weeks, David, we looked at the attributes of God, mm -hmm. which is extremely important because how we know God and relate to God is determines all our behavior and how we go to um, respond to life's issues, to morality, yeah. to how we raise our children. And so to know God's attribute and character tells us about our own selves and responsibility to God. But having said that, then we segue into the um, Trinity. You know, what about the Trinity? Because that is a central pillar of the Christian faith. Yes. Uh, when we look at that. And so I thought maybe we spend some time looking at that. And then as we move towards the Easter season, um, the resurrection, the Good Friday's coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll look at those things, in, okay. especially in the prophetic. That sounds how it great. Relates in uh, prophecy. So uh -huh. what about the Trinity? Well, something very interesting is what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if Christianity was something we were making up, of course we could make it easier, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. We can't compete with simplicity with people who are inventing religions. How could we? We are desiring with fact. And of course, anyone could be simple if he has no facts to bother about. So he's saying Christianity, there's things in here that are very easy to understand and other things are more difficult and mysterious, mm -hmm. but God does reveal them. And we don't believe the Trinity because we fully understand it but we believe it because it's fully revealed in the scriptures. Yes. And then we come to some point of uh, apprehension. Mm -hmm. So what is the Trinity? Um, a working definition, I mean, if you if you go to try to get a working definition of the Trinity, yeah. and of course it's in all of the creeds, the basic oh, yeah. creeds. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're going to look at some of those. And I'm going to say, why is the Trinity important? Well, God has... To be Trinity in order for all of his attributes to be manifested, demonstrated, and glorified. One of God's attributes is love. The Bible says God is love. If there's no Trinity, then God could not be love. Because where's the object of his love before he creates everything? You see, you, you need mm -hmm. two, at least two, yeah. to be in a position of love. So that has to be in, in, in right. functioning. So uh, we go with the Trinity, and then we say, okay... Where do we see it? Well, we actually see it, uh, as, Jay, as it's been said, the Trinity is the basis of the gospel. Yeah. And the gospel is the direct relation to God. Here's a one working definition. The doctrine of the Trinity, simply put, is that God is absolutely and eternally one essence, subsisting in three distinct and ordered persons, without division, without replication of the essence. If there is one God subsisting in three persons, then let us give equal reverence to all persons in the Trinity. There is not more or less in the Trinity. The Father is not more God than the Son or the Holy Ghost. There is one in order with the Godhead, but no degrees. One person has no majority or supereminence above another. Therefore, we must give equal worship to all the persons. Okay, so that's this is what John Wesley said. This is kind of interesting, the famous evangelist. Yeah. He said, bring me a worm that can comprehend a man, and then I will show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So there's, we allow for mystery, and it says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God, 
but the things that he has revealed, he has revealed to us and to our children. This tells me that there's a lot God has revealed, but also there's things that still have not been revealed, okay? So yeah. then we kind of go into this whole study of the right. Trinity yeah. with humility. David, did you have something you want to share? No, you know, I, I wrote some things down. Uh, the Trinity is a mystery of faith hidden in God, which can never be known unless it is revealed by God. To be sure, God has left traces of his tr Trinitarian being in his work of creation and in his revelation throughout the Old Testament. But his inmost being, his Holy Trinity, is a mystery that is inaccessible to reason alone or before the incarnation of God's Son. And I forgot where I got that from. But, um, yeah, it was during the research that I picked that up. And I like that, you know. Yeah, right. Because right. if he didn't reveal it, as you said, we don't have a simple religion at all to understand in a lot of areas. Yeah, exactly right. And so you go to the very beginning and you get these hints of... Uh, the Trinity, you know, yeah. you, you see like in, when we look at Genesis and the whole creation process where it says, oh, right. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But when you look at it, what he's, yeah, how he John, does that, yeah. it says, um, it says verse 26. Where are you? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us, yeah. there's a plurality there, right. make man in our, there it is again, according, there's, so, there's three Pluralities. Let us, there's one, our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every creeping thing. So God, singular, created man in his own singular image. Mm -hmm. In the image of God, he repeats this. You see a triunity, our, our, let us make, and then the unity, a singularity, God. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So, again, we're seeing this kind of a, kind of worked out in a very interesting way. Right. Um, then as you move along into the into the scripture, when you come to, um, let's say, um, the Tower of Babel, and when God comes down because man is in disobedience to God, uh -huh. and he's trying to make this tower to heaven, it says here, um, God says, um, I mean, this is uh, Genesis chapter 11. It says, verse 5, um, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had made. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They have one language. Whatever they're going to do, they not be withheld from them. In other words, he's saying man is coming together and he's, this yeah. is evil. They're building this tower. I told right. them to go be fruitful and multiply around the earth. And then God says this, come let us go down and there confound their language that they may not. Then it says the Lord singular. So you see this idea of pluralities in it and then singularity. And we're going to look at that, David, because that's, that's really what the Trinity is about. Somebody has suggested the Trinity is, 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 is three who's and one what. you got three, Father, Son, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, these three persons of the God, but then one what is, is God. And so Jesus is God. But he's not the father. The father is God, but he's not the son. The mm -hmm. son yeah. And so people, because they can't fully apprehend that, can't think they have a difficult time to believe it. But again, you you can only really believe it right. if you're in the Word of God. Yeah. Just like how do we know that this worlds were formed by God speaking into existence? Oh well, yeah. Well, we know that because the Bible says that. Right. Or how do we know we have a soul? We never see we have a soul, right? Never mm -hmm. saw your soul, but you believe it because God's Word reveals it. Well, God. Word reveals a trinity. Uh, that's a very important point that 
Some people say, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, there's some other, the, the word divinity is not in the Bible. The word Bible is not in the Bible. Yeah. The word rapture is not in the Bible. The word um, um, God is all-knowing, all, all right? Omniscient. But yes. that word is not in the Bible. Yes. But there's enough there to describe that God is omniscient. So a lot of times when people say, well, that word's not, well, there's, quite honestly, there's a lot of word. Atheism is not in the Bible. But the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there's no God. Mm -hmm. So my point being that a singular word might not, but the truth of that word right. is, and that's what we find out when we see the uh, the whole thing with the Trinity. Yeah. Did you have something to hear? Well, no, I mean, without faith, I mean, there, there's no way we could understand this. There's, you know, we just have to take faith in the word. John, I, I guess, is this the right answer then? How do you understand the Trinity? You have to believe that what you're reading is the Word of God. You have to. It's, that's, the, it's that's the only it. thing. If you can't, there's no way you're going to be able to understand this or, or you know, get Even the come. fact that there are three separate persons, but one Godhead, right? But one entity, right? Uh, it's just it, it's it doesn't work for us with our human brain. Well, yeah. don't forget we have a finite brain, right? Right. Yeah, right. God is infinite. Yeah. In a sense, we can't really comprehend eternity. Mm -hmm. Well, even with numbers, if you give me write down the biggest number you can give me, right. and all I have to do is add one to it, and yeah. then we have to go on from there. So even on something practical like that, we cannot fully comprehend it, right. but we can still use the word eternity. You see? Yeah. Or uh -huh. in space. Well, how far can you go out mm -hmm. into space? Because you can then always go farther. So that's very hard to apprehend, but I can understand it in a conceptual abstract but the scripture is very clear about the Trinity. And of yeah. course, like you say, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'll give you an example of this. Just well, if we look, go on, yeah. David. Well, I was going to say, I, I pulled one up before you to give that one. Okay, where Jesus is talking, um, you know, in Matthew 28, 19, where the mention of the Trinity is clear. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's when he goes out. Uh, you know, before he ascends to heaven saying, you know, this, this is what you need to do. You need to create disciples. And then he lists it out. So even though you're right, even though they don't say Trinity, it, from Genesis all the way to Revelations, I believe God brings out the fact that there are those three separate what persons was that, in one. 28? 2819. So notice that's at the yeah. end of his ministry. Yeah. You see the Trinitarian at the baptism, right? Yes. Now go way back to the beginning when Jesus was baptized at the River Jordan. Yeah, so is that Matthew 3? Yeah, where right Jesus, as soon as Je And this is verse 16 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Father, so there, yeah, saw the Holy yeah. Spirit at the beginning of his ministry, at the baptism, yeah. at the end of his ministry, regarding baptism, Father, is. Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, let's look at some of these different places. Sure. Really, all it requires, I mean, I'm, not, I'm trying to simplify this, but is really to look at the scriptures. Right. The people that don't, that openly deny the Trinity, it's like denying the deity of Jesus. Mm -hmm. They simply have not looked deeply into the scriptures. No. And uh, again, you know, uh, we're happy everybody that's tuned in today. This is WNZN Radio. And um, if you can't hear clearly, uh, you could live stream us. You just simply go to www.wnzn.org and you can just uh, live stream. Right. So if you look at the Gospel of John, sure. um, just for a moment, we're going to look at the Trinity portrayed there right in the Gospel of John. And verse 21 makes this statement. Where, where are you? John? The Gospel of John. 
chapter John five. One? Uh, chapter five. Okay. Verse twenty-one. Okay. Verse twenty-one. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life. Oh, stop. Okay. Who raises the dead? The Father. Keep reading. Even so, the Son gives life. Ah, who raises it there? The Son. Now look at verse, uh, let's look at chapter 6. Just jump over and look at verse 63. Okay. Um, okay, I can't just jump over. I'm using Oh, my, you got that. I'm, I'm using my, go ahead if you have it. Verse 63 will say this. Um, Which verse? Uh, I got it now. Chapter 6, verse 63. Right, okay. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, um, it just takes a minute in here. The Spirit gives life. Stop. Yeah. So the Father gives life. Yeah. The Son gives life. And the Spirit gives The Holy life. Spirit gives yeah. life. You see how they, they just yeah. work together in, in, in right. unified fashion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, if somebody doesn't study or compare the Scriptures, they may not be aware of these kind of... Uh, kind of uh, associations, you know, right. how these things all yeah. kind of click together. But it's there. It's very clear that uh, God... And then um, uh, I just want to give a couple other verses, unless you want yeah. to give one before sure, I come Sure, go up. ahead. What? Yeah, go ahead. Um, again, it says uh, that, that Jesus... Of course, what you're doing, really, you're establishing the deity of each of these three persons. Um, yeah. And, of course, God is one. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that is repeated all through the Scripture, Old mm -hmm. Testament, New Testament. But it also says, like in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, For these three are the ones that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You see? Mm -hmm. So um, as you go along, you see there's one God, but you see these three persons, and they're kind of like interchanging. Yeah. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom all things come and from whom we live. But there is but one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. to whom all things came through. So it's, it puts him on equal footing right. with God the Father. And yeah. you just can't do that unless he's God. You know. Mm -hmm. So people have tried to use analogies and pictures and object you know to to try to show this but quite honestly most uh break down um well you know the holy spirit for me has always been the hardest one to understand john yeah uh in john 14 16 20 talks about it it says jesus says and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Oh, he will be in you. Yes. Now watch, see, who's, who is that referring to? Well, he's uh, us, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Right. Okay, yeah. now yeah. stay with the Gospel of John. Yep. But then if you look, uh, look at verse 23. If you have it, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Then Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments, and my Father will love him. And we will come into him and yeah. make our home with him. Right. So now you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in some sense indwelling. Mm -hmm. uh, we, don't, we don't know how this is all possible. But again, we're dealing with Almighty God with these principles and these truths that uh, yeah. are really, you know, only apprehended as you read the Word of God. I do think the more you read the Word of God, and you, you, can you can't fully understand it, but you can more fully apprehend it. 
Yes. You see, it's almost yeah. like if you're um, if you're a math professor, well, you started out at first grade studying arithmetic and this and that. Well, it, it took a lot of time and a lot of study and a lot of revelation, so to speak, where you can get in your calculus, trigonometry, and you're teaching other students. But it started out, you were just doing 2 plus 2 equals 4. So, too, I think it's true with spiritual truth. Sometimes you start yeah. out... Uh, and I know people try to explain it like they use the egg, yeah. three, but it's not good because an egg, well, let's say the egg thing, it's got this shell, it's got the white, it's got the yolk, but those are three separate. It, it's not, yeah. they each had to be fully God, you know what I mean? Those yeah. are, it's, that's what's known as the heresy of tritheism, three gods. Yeah, and um, that one for St. Yeah, Patrick's Shamrock is yeah. a good, that's the same thing. <laughs> right. Tritheism. Yeah, you know, separate I've seen that like one. That. Right. Uh, another one is, uh, they'll say, okay, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I'm a brother. That's not the way that God is. That's not the truth. That's called modalism. Mm -hmm. It means that God is expressing himself in three different modes. Like the yeah. Old Testament, it's the Father God. Right. The New Testament, the Gospels is Jesus, and then he leaves and the Holy Spirit comes. Well, no, these, these beings are separate and distinct. So it's not that yeah. they're just taking on different uh, titles. Right. So there is error when people try to use an analogy or use an object lesson uh, to just go, you know, describe the, the Trinity. It yeah. really runs into problems. Yeah, I, I like this. I wrote this down. The Trinity is not teaching that there are three gods, but that there are three persons that comprise one God. One God, that's it. That's your key. Mm -hmm. So it's not one plus one, equal, no. one equals three. It's, it's, it's one times one times one equals one. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The, and again, we're trying to apprehend it, but we have to do it through the lens of Scripture. And then so I guess, you know, I started thinking about the the physical shapes that they would take. And they talk a lot about the flame for the Father, the light is Christ, and then heat the Holy Spirit, which I didn't really follow that one. No. Is that is that not right? No. The, the, um, the emblems of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is a dove. Okay. It's fire. Yeah. Tongues of fire came down on the okay. people at Pentecost. It's a wind. Right. It's uh, the wind. Yeah. Um, water. Sometimes it's spoken ah. of washing of water by the Spirit. Uh huh. Um, uh, Jesus says, "Come unto me, and out of your belly will come rivers of living water." That yes, was the Holy that's Spirit. That's the Holy. I, yeah. So those emblems are often associated with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, scripture make us understand it just a little bit uh, better. So uh, okay. So as we move into the Holy Spirit, I just yeah. want to look at some of these. Uh, uh, different scriptures about uh, the Holy Spirit, especially mm -hmm. as it relates to us. He says, yeah. uh, um, I'll, I'll show you how they combine them sometimes. In Romans chapter 15, verse 30, it says this Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord, that's mm -hmm. the deity, Jesus Christ, to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Ah, See, yeah. So whenever you get a single verse mm -hmm. that kind of shows you the right. three persons, I think those are very valuable um, because, again, you're getting the, the, the Trinity um, contained rather uh, succinctly in maybe just one, one verse. You know, that, that's pretty, I don't know, to me that's pretty powerful No, that stuff. is, yeah. yeah. Um, so as you, as you move along in the Scripture, you'll often see that, you know. And, of course... For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, 
whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the Father sends the Son, but Jesus goes back to the Father yeah. so that he can send the Holy Spirit. Right. All three right. are instrumental in yeah. our um, in our redemption. Yeah, so the, but I, I like talking about the Holy Spirit today just because, uh, as Jesus said, you know, we don't know him that uh -huh. well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you look at John 14, 26, it says, but the Advocate, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, uh, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So that's, John, when, when I started with you, you said, you know, the Holy Spirit has to open your eyes right? so we can understand what's in the Bible. That's such an, that is an, a critically important thing, uh, a role for the Holy Spirit. And in terms of being an advocate, um, you know, I, I just think of that as somebody like, a, you know, someone who, who's trying to help us. You know, I, I would even put terms out there such as your own bodyguard. I mean, somebody yeah. who's really yeah. sitting next to you, he's living in us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When, when Christ rose as Christians. And that, that's a whole nother show exactly. uh, about the temple inside. But so I, I guess that's a nice image of the Holy Spirit, you know, that he's going to open the word so we understand the Trinity. We understand that Jesus is the Son of God. And, and he makes the scriptures a lot easier to uh, to connect up oh, all, yeah. all these all these uh, you know focal if you points. If you God don't have the Holy Spirit, have. yeah, you can't understand spiritual things, and that's why it says in First Corinthians chapter two, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Yeah, you it, know, but it, to the spiritual man, all things are revealed or open. Mm -hmm. Finally, the light goes on, and you have the ability to look at Scripture and go, oh, I can see how this how this relates and what this is. So before I start reading the Bible, I say, you know, Holy Spirit, please enlighten me mm -hmm. and open the word to me in ways that uh, I haven't seen before. Right. Is, is that a good thing to do? Yeah. Okay. Because well, yeah, you're the inviting them in. Yeah. Right. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, open my eyes, O Lord, that I might behold wondrous things out right. of the word. And yeah. uh, um, matter of fact, in chapter 14, when Jesus says, I give you the comforter, it basically says he'll bring all things to, to remembrance for you. In other words, he'll he'll quicken you and actually show you things yeah. from Scripture that maybe even a man hasn't taught you. You and, know, it's just yeah. from the Holy Spirit. First John says you have this Holy Spirit, which is your teacher. That's your mm -hmm. real anointing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have teachers and pastors and stuff. Yeah. But nevertheless, here's what it says in, in Ephesians chapter four. It says, verse four: There is one body. That's the believers. There's one spirit that we're called. There's one Lord, that's Jesus, and one God, the Father. So you have those yeah. three. So you see what you're seeing is these um, mm -hmm. kind of, they work. It's really interesting how they work. Sometimes they're listed in different order, too. Yeah. You think it's always going to be the Father first, and then Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's not the case, necessarily. Um, uh, for example, I mean... As you study the scripture, you see, here's a closing prayer in Ephesians. It says in chapter uh, 6, verse 23, Peace to you, my brethren, love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, then he says, so you see that the two of them, sometimes it'll be yeah. the Spirit. Um, they're kind of interchangeable. They're interchanging. Yeah, huh? They're interchanging. Yeah. I mean, they're still... As you look from Genesis to Revelations, it's like we're we are talking about the same yeah. individual, yeah. And, and and that's the thing you you have to convey. But you know, I also like the fact that when we see that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're each called God. Yes, uh, they're derived from you know the Scripture. You can see that. 
Um, so, uh, so if you look at uh, Philippians 1-2, for the Father, it says, Grace to you and peace from God of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Son, uh, you look at Hebrews 1-8 as an example, or John 1-1-14, uh, but of the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The Holy Spirit, um, if you look at Acts 5, 3, 4, it says, But Peter said, Aeneas, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. To God. So and again, he just you said the see, Holy Spirit. Right, exactly. He said you lied to the Holy Spirit, but then he says you lied to God. So right. you have that kind of one and the yeah. same. That That's a very important thing. Right. Because um, it shows that... Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. Yes. See, some some mm -hmm. false cults will say he's a force, yes. like electricity or gravity. Yeah, right. That that doesn't that, that just doesn't work out like that. You can't uh, necessarily do that. Now, I'll give you an example of how these three come together. Look at um, you're in Acts. Were you in Acts? Well, well I, I just wrote, oh. but I have to go to Acts. I just look that, at, that was in my notes. Okay, look at Acts chapter seven, uh, verse fifty-five. Acts chapter seven. Yeah. Verse 55. Okay, verse 55. Okay. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Okay, so uh -huh. notice that first he says, being full of the Holy Spirit looks to heaven, sees the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand. Look at there, in two verses, you have the Trinity right. being displayed there. Uh, so again, it's this idea of the, they're equal, they're different in terms of their, what they do. You know, the Holy Spirit didn't hang on the cross and die for us, but Jesus doesn't come uh, at Pentecost in the same way the Holy Spirit comes to fill us. But yeah. the Holy Spirit leads, he speaks, mm -hmm. he talks, um, he can be grieved. It says in Ephesians, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, you can't grieve a force like gravity or electricity, but you can grieve a person. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I like that. Yeah. The fact they speak and they have their own free will. You know, yeah. they have their own will. So let's look at speak. All right, look at uh, yeah. Acts chapter 12. Um uh, I'm sorry, chapter 13, where uh, they're fasting and praying, Paul and Barnabas and these guys. Uh -huh. And then it says in verse 2, And as they ministered to the yes. Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, right. separate unto me, yeah. Paul and Barnabas. So yep. it's a person. Yeah. And um, again, really, to me, if you can understand the deity of Jesus Christ, these others fit in here. Because... If you can establish the fact that God can come down, take on himself human flesh, then you can start putting the pieces together and think, okay, that he's on earth, he's fully God, but he's mm -hmm. praying to God. Yeah. And then he says, it's needful for me to go away, but he can only go away after he's crucified, yes. buried, risen, and so I can send forth the Holy Spirit unto you. So you see them working, you know. You know, the other thing I was thinking is it actually... When you think of the Trinity, it actually made me feel better that God has never been alone. Hmm. You know, because, it, you know, w w when we were studying that, we talked about the fact that he doesn't need anything but himself. Right. But in fact, I, I think it's wonderful to think that he's always 
had the Holy Spirit and his son there, kind of like our own internal family on earth, where yeah. we have a, a spouse and we have Christ in the middle of it. Exactly. So those are, those are the three. He kind of helped us duplicate what was in heaven, right, John? Exactly right. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at uh, like, in Isaiah. I mean, I'll look at the Old Testament for a couple a little bit here. Yeah, sure. But it says in Isaiah 42, again, this harkens back to the baptism of Jesus. Verse 1, it says, Behold my servant, this is God speaking, whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. Remember, God said, this right. is my beloved son. Uh -huh. I have put my spirit upon him. There you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, so... As as you as you kind of look at these, you kind of get a more of a yeah. uh, instruction of what is the work of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit doing in these situations? It, you know, you know. I also like the Trinities derived from Scripture with uh, looking at the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They each have a will. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good point. Yeah. So if you look at the Father in John six forty, it says, "For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him." Uh -huh. may have eternal life. Now, if we go to the Son, where that references having a will, Luke twenty two forty two, 42, it uh -huh. says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. There you go. And then the final uh, quote I wrote down for the Holy Spirit showing his will is 1 Corinthians twelve eleven. but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. See, you see, and again, you get used yeah. to um, yeah. kind of weaving these, these, this fabric together. Let me show you, this one is actually very clear in Isaiah. Now, this is written 600 years before the coming of our Lord, you know, his birth, his, right. uh, incarnation. But it says this in 48, chapter 48, verse 16. He says, come near to me. This is God speaking through the prophet. Come near to me, hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the very beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The Lord is. God, the Father, and his spirit have sent me, Jesus, just like he's being commissioned. But that's way back in the Old Testament. So, so John, uh, here's a question when we pray. If we're praying for miracles in our life or for healing uh, or for... Um, you know, trying to get um, some people to, uh, to, to see and follow yeah, Christ. Right. Are we praying to Christ, or do we bring in the Holy Spirit, or do we interchange Him depending on how we feel? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I think mean, that's a very good question. I, I guess the, the, that's where I always get confused, because, you know, and it says the Holy Spirit is in us, you would think it's easy to talk to Him uh, whenever we want, and should we, should we be praying to Him? Or do we then summarize our prayers and say in the name of Jesus? Okay, that, no, that's a very good question because yeah. people often ask that. Here, here's the standard <clears throat> dynamic going on here. Um, Jesus says, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. Jesus says, when you pray, he gives us a model. Pray, uh -huh. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know in Romans 8, it says, um, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what or how we should pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. Now he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So 
then, it, then of course, it, it'll go on to say that Jesus is ever lives to make intercession for us. For in a sense, we're praying to our Heavenly Father in the authority and by the privilege and by the will of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit will search out and pray and bring things to remembrance, so we pray. But is it wrong to pray directly to Jesus? No, I don't think so. I don't, because oh, yeah. he's, he's here. Yeah. We in him, we live and move and have our being. But that would be maybe the classic. We pray to our Heavenly Father. We, we, we only come to him because of Jesus. Okay. It's like if you go to the bank right. and you give the teller a million dollar check, right. well, the number don't bother them. No. What they're looking for is the signature. Who's, who's author, not your name on it, but right. who's... And if, the, right. if they check and there's money in the account under yeah. that name, they're going to give you. So, too, when we pray in his name, we're, we're, we're coming on his authority in his will. Not my meager standing or righteousness before God, but in the mm -hmm. Son. But then the Holy Spirit is a helper, a comforter. So you get these three kind of working together. It's the same thing in salvation. The Father draws us, we accept Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit indwells us. See the three... Yeah. Kind of a working together. That's where you see them interplay. I don't. Yeah. yeah, interplay or interworking. Yeah. Once you start seeing it, you just go, okay, I, I kind of understand it. Well, even though I may not fully understand it. There, there have been times, and I've, I've mentioned this to you, where you know I've been praying, and you know sometimes where you get that warmth uh -huh, uh -huh. in your inner self, and that's where I was thinking the Holy Spirit and the heat designation. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I, I was just curious if that. If that is a connection point there, is that the Holy Spirit comforting you when it you're could praying be. like that? It could be. Okay. Because I've it, had it, that happen more than once when something's really uh, on my mind and, I, and we're really praying hard, um, but also in a good way. Like when something comes forth, there's also that that feeling you get inside when you're just elated. Like you are so, but it's another warm feeling or another uh Gosh, it's just kind of like uh -huh. uh, something just comes over you. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I do think God God makes himself manifest to us in different right. ways, David. Yeah. Uh, we always move by faith and not feelings. But right. I do think there's times when God reveals himself to us in a special way, in a unique way, in a personal way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to share that with people. It, it is. And sometimes yeah. because they might think it's kind of, you know. Um, but so, nevertheless. So, yeah, so John, I have a question. There's a quote I wrote down, I wanted to understand the uh, symbolism. 1 John 5, 7, and 8. For there are three that testify. The spirit, the water, and the blood. Right. And all three are in agreement. Right. The spirit? The water and the blood. And all three are in agreement. Is yes. Jesus is the blood. The, the sacrificed yeah. blood. Yeah, right. the shedding of the blood. And then the blood. water, see, but the Spirit's already mentioned. Right. So is the water the Father in heaven? I, I no, know. the water could be the washing okay. of water by the Holy Spirit or baptism. Okay. You'd have, I'd have to do it a little bit deeper. All right, no, that's fine. I, I just wrote that one down because I, I didn't understand that one. Um, Here's a beautiful one, David, talking about prayer and, and, and commending people to God. Look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, verse 14. Okay. <laughs> Waiting for the internet to come up here. Go ahead, John. You better take it. It's right. not, not it says up. this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of mm -hmm. God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Now, why would those three be in there? He doesn't put the name of an angel or anything else, but he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit. That's in a closing prayer. Yeah. See? Yeah. So what you're getting is this idea that these three are, you know, working. One God, but then there's three infinitely separated, equal right. uh, persons. And God, boy, our time has really gone quick here, David. It's amazing. Well, it's it's a great topic. Yeah. Um, Let me double check. So, so, so how do we, um, if you're a new believer, I mean, uh, what I mean, what advice would you give, especially when you're you're starting to read the Bible? Like when I first got into this, um, uh, you know, I I was trying to sort through that and understand the role of the Holy Spirit, the right. role of Christ, and the role of God the Father. And then I also, you know, uh, again, was comforted and excited to know they were all three together all the time. Right. Before Abraham, before, right. before the, you know, the universe was created. So, um, yeah, it's just, you really have to, you know, at the end of the day, I just realize I have to let it go. I just, I just have to believe in it. You know, th th that's the bottom line. If I'm not reading the word of God, then what am I doing? Right. If I don't believe that then what am I wasting my time for? So well, once you get over that hurdle and realize, as, as we said before, that we have human minds and we can't understand or ascertain a lot of the stuff in there, and we're not supposed to. And I think that's the thing that will allow you to just accept it, yeah. is it's, it's past our understanding. Yeah, yeah I, and that's and the best way grow. to look at that. And there's it, a quote in there about understanding his ways are not our ways. And yeah, it says in Second yeah. Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that tells me that it's a process. We're all in process. None of us have arrived, but we are growing. If we seek to grow, uh, we will grow. Uh, even with uh, Paul, I mean. Peter says, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. That's like a new believer. You, you should get the milk. You should. That's basic Christianity, right? Yes. But then Jesus says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. So that means you're beyond milk, but you're on a steadier diet of the, the, the bigger things in the word of God, like maybe some things we're discussing here. But then Paul says, I wanted to feed you strong meat of the word. Uh, see, that's, that's the deeper... Uh, understanding of the parables of, of the will of God, etc. Yeah, and then in Isaiah, this is what quote I was looking for. Uh, Isaiah 55, 55 8 mm -hmm. to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right. And that... so once we, <laughs> if we just hear that loud and clear, then we don't we don't have to try and understand it at the level that is impossible for us to get to. So this is it. I mean, we just have to believe what we're reading. Yeah, and, and realize God has given us prayers in Ephesians yeah. and Colossians to pray for more wisdom. Right. To make, you know, um, but stay in what that, um, in Isaiah 57 says this. I really like this. It says in verse uh, 15, Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. So he's really remote and he's out there and he's, you know, very low. But he says in the same verse, but I dwell with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit. So even though he's beyond and he's out there and he fills the universe, but he comes in to somebody that has a contrite, a broken and a humble spirit. Yeah. That's cool. Because that is cool. That's the, he comes to the lowest right. downtrodden 
uh, person. That's the God of the Bible, you know. People yeah. don't realize well, sometimes. you know, that's just, look at Mary Magdalene, you know, and look at the tax collector. Yeah. Look at the people that he associated with that the Pharisees were so upset about. I think th that's one of the most important messages to get through today is regardless of what you've done or who you are, he'll take you in. Yeah, exactly. He'll accept you. You don't have to think, you, you don't have to second guess the actions that brought you where you are today. Because it doesn't matter. Right. He's going to take you in anyway. Man, I, I was no gem. So, none of us. You know, none of us. But it, it's just one of those things where you have to know that he'll accept you regardless of who you think you are and what you've Whomsoever done. Whomsoever will. Yeah. <clears throat> Whomsoever will. Mm -hmm. You know, it says, uh, we got to wrap up in just a second, yeah. Dave. But it says in John chapter 15, verse 26, I will send <clears throat> a great helper to you from the Father, one known as the Spirit of Truth. He comes from the Father and will point to the truth as it concerns me. So do you see the three of them, but they're working like in this uh, relational thing. Jesus is going to send him, but he's coming from the Father. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming to help you, but he's going to point to me, Jesus. You see, it's a beautiful rhythm. Well, it, you, know. It, you know, it is. And I think that's the beauty, too, of the visual we see in the throne room. Where we, and I brought this up. I just love the visual. It really does help when you realize that the bloody lamb is, is there visually, you know, just sitting right next to the Father. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to point to. Look how much we loved you. Yeah, right. And, get, and brought you back to us so you could have eternal life and we could replay the Garden of Eden again. Yeah. But in perfect form this time. Adam couldn't do it, so I had to send my own son. Second Adam, The right. perfect Adam, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So it's, uh, it, it's just, you're right, it's a beautiful love story. And uh, it's... It's incredible once you start, if you, by getting the Trinity, it makes the whole story a lot easier. Oh, yeah. To follow, and then you're like, I get it finally. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm starting to under, understand some of this stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, he says this, I'll start wrapping it up, but he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 33, Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. So, again, Jesus ascended to heaven, completed the salvation through his shed blood. God, he said at the right hand of Father, but in the process, they're sending out the Holy Spirit yeah. down to the earth upon us. So it's like, you see this, this yeah. it's, a, it's a really interesting kind of an arrangement, if you will. But, um, so that's it, David. I think yeah. we're going to start moving. I think we have some special guests coming yeah. in the short Next future. Next week, are, are we going to have uh, Ramadan or... He okay. is traveling. I spoke with him. We might. Okay. Uh, but then I want to get ready for um, the resurrection. I want to look at the Good Friday, the Passion Week. All the prophecies were fulfilled there. Proofs of the resurrection. We're going to look at scripture. We're going to look at That'll prophecy. We're yeah. going to look at history and even archaeology uh, and show how solid the resurrection is. That is really the basis of our faith, that he's, he's risen. And uh, why that is so important for us today, that... Uh, Every one of us is going to die. Everybody else, everyone's on this escalator of time. And, but to know that the one we follow is called the resurrection of the life. He says he's, he's taken the stinger out of death. Right. You know, and he's, he's assured right. us. So that's it. I'm going to just close with that prayer that Paul prayed, which is sure. Trinitarian. And uh, he says this. Finally, brothers, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace and with the God of love and peace be with you. Greet one another, all the all the believers, all the saints greet you. And then he says this, 
and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's the Son, and the love of God, there's the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that interesting how he closes yeah. that prayer using yes. the Trinity? Right. So thank you all for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great week. Stay safe. And we look forward to next week, God willing. And uh, we're going to continue this study, but we're going to go moving more and more to looking at the Passion Week and the prophecies and the purpose that Jesus... Sometimes people say, well, they like Jesus' example. They like his teaching, but why did he have to die a gruesome death? Because no other founder oh, yeah. of a religion right. dies like that. And we're going to see that that's the centerpiece it is. of the Christian faith. Thanks again, David. Okay. Thanks, John. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless you all. Bye-bye.